Welcome to the DC Theology Podcast, a ministry of Parker DC and the Parker Theology Club. This broadcast is meant to encourage biblical thought and godly living. We are a firm believer that good theology produces good morality. As a result, the discussions in this broadcast will be both intellectual and applicable to the development and growth of Christian faith. Our hope is that you will find in this content biblically faithful, Christ exalting, and God glorifying. That pure Christian doctrine will spur you on in your spiritual journey. We approach the topic today with both humility and teachable spirit, understanding that we are all growing in our understanding of God. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Parker Theology Podcast. I'm Kelly Amos. This is Will Simpkins. Hello, everybody. How you doing today, Will? I'm doing good. How about you? Good week so far? Yes, going good. There's uh, some demolition going on in the church building. Yes, and that is because (laughs) we love kids, and so we're destroying where they worship and play. That's why. That's how much we love kids. No, we're doing renovations. Yeah, <laughs> so. little background. We're just uh, we're improving their their space. That's what that is. So if you hear chainsaws, it's we n- told them to stop. But if they do it, that's what it is. If so. we scream, that means somebody's coming after us with a chainsaw. So <laughs> call nine one one. Yes. All right. In La- case he did it. In uh, case he did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last week, um, or last podcast, I should say, we we discussed biblical inerrancy and going through the Bible and how how Scripture is the God-breathed word. It is His breath. He breathed into it. He expired, not just inspired, but expired, and and that it is authoritative for our lives. And now that we've jumped into that one, that is the first doctrine that we're going to discuss in systematic theology. Let me use that to jump in to say that the 23rd, July 23rd, which is Thursday, July 23rd at 7 p.m., is the first Theology Club meeting. And we're going to be going through a book uh, by Wayne Grudem that we will put on the Parker page. Yeah, uh, we can do and that. I'm going to order about 10 of them. It's a small, smaller version of his Systematic Theology book. Uh, it'll, it'll be good to hit points on. It's, it's got great questions to go through. And the plan is to discuss... Um, discuss theology, discuss God, discuss who he is and, and always binding it and taking it back to his word. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that book's called uh, Christian beliefs. I think that's what it's called is Wayne Grudem's yes. um, Christian beliefs. And it's pretty like compared to his big textbook, it's pretty short. Yeah. Um, it's pretty comprehensible. It's just going over like sort of the basic yeah. um tenets of the Christian faith. That's right. So, so um, going from biblical inerrancy and biblical authority, uh, have we've established this is why we believe the Word of God, and this is why we are required to believe the Word of God because of what it says about itself. And to be consistent with the Word of God, it must be believed as to be inerrant, without errors. Otherwise, you, as, as, as Pastor Joey said this past week, it's a smorgasbord. You can go in, it's a, it's a buffet. You can go in and pick and choose whatever you want to, and then it's chaos, and we have no right to do that. The, author, the Scripture is author, has authority over us, it, and God is smarter than us. Mm-hmm. So um, it leads into, well, let's flip open the Bible. Yeah. And, and there's first? no authority higher than Scripture itself. That's right. Which is foundationally what, how people get it mixed up is that they can turn to something else that's not Scripture to judge scripture, which doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. And, and that is actually why I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually why Baptist faith and message put as its first tenet 
scripture. It put it before God. It put scripture mm-hmm. before God. It's not saying that scripture is greater than God. What mm-hmm. is it saying? What's it saying is scripture is the keyhole to God. Yeah. So if we do not hold something we can hold in our hands as a keyhole to God, that if we do not hold that as an as inerrant, then whatever we're looking through that keyhole at, mm-hmm. how do we know it exists? How do we know it's what it is? How do we, we have to have mm-hmm. that absolute? And the Bible proves itself right. to be that absolute. So, um, from the last podcast, at one time I mentioned that um, there was a group of people that used like sharpies to basically highlight parts of scripture they thought were from that were actually God's word. Um, I actually, after that podcast, my friend texted me who was in the same class that I learned that about. He was like, you're referring to what was called the Jesus Seminar. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. So sure they have. were using, what they actually did, they didn't use Sharpies. I couldn't remember off the fly when we were doing it uh, last time, but um, what what that was referring to was they would use marbles, like different colored marbles, and, and basically they had a couple different categories. Like one was um, put, you know, use this marble if you think Jesus definitely said, said it. And then use this marble. I can't remember the colors. If there's a good chance that Jesus said it, and then it kept going down to like it could or could not have been true, and then it just went all the way down to no way this is actual scripture. And wow. and like they had like yeah. this whole like uh, seminar to where they determined what parts of scripture was actually scripture. Um, wow. So that's what I was referring to last time. I got that wrong. I just wanted to correct that. So and so thankful for their uh, inerrant, omniscient infallibility. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and what we do is when we, when we begin to critique scripture, and, and it doesn't mean search scripture, we search scriptures, but when we begin to critique scripture, we begin to say that we know more than God does. Yeah. And that is a slippery slope mm-hmm. to pure, unadulterated theological liberalism. And that's yeah. why we started this podcast is because we want to, mm-hmm. we want to have a systematic yeah. theology that's consistent yeah. with itself. And so. it's easy to get on that slippery slope. You can get there without even really knowing it because it emotionally, I can get some of the arguments from an emotional standpoint, but it, emotion doesn't take the scripture Absolutely. of what the, of the authority of what scripture says. And so we have to bring our emotions in line with what scripture says, not Twist scripture to fit our emotions. That's right. And so that's what that's the task. What this is why we study systematic theology so we can learn how to think rightly of scripture. So yeah. and in this this particular subject we're doing today is going to be uh sort of the foundation uh part two from yeah. last week. Um, that's right. Of kind of where it begins in scripture and you know, creation. And, and that's what believe it or not, and there's a lot of Christians. Christians, I say Christians who get their theology from bumper stickers too. Mm-hmm. And um it makes me it makes me think. I mean, there was a I posted something on Facebook this past week. Don Lemon from CNN uh, said he was. I think he was talking to uh, the Cuomo guy, and and said even G- Jesus himself said that he wasn't perfect. And I about where <laughs> where like, this guy's hired and paid how much, and he he doesn't even know the basic tenets Talk about fake of Christianity. News. Talk, about Talk about fake, fake news. news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care if it's I don't. By the way, I don't care if it's on CNN, MSNBC, yeah. Fox, whatever it is. Yeah. If you say that, G, that Jesus when he was, I, I, and what I put on there was, we don't you, listen. You you don't need to get 
we get our we get our theology and what we believe about Jesus from the Bible, not from not from the last temptation of Christ, that heretical movie from the eighties, yeah. or or bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. So we have to get it from Scripture. So we've established that. So let's go jump into Genesis. Yeah, and that one that wasn't even historical, like outside of the text of Scripture. Right. It is, it's confirmed that Jesus Himself didn't. He 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 called Himself God. Oh, so well, he, I mean, he, he he's read, not even historical. He read either. <laughs> he got his theology from uh, what was the the Da Vinci Code or something oh, okay, like that. That's yeah. I, I'm, that's my guess. Yeah, I need to go back from and, the Da Vinci. And, and I'll that. tell you, I'll it. tell you, there's a lot more people that read the Da Vinci Code than are reading the Bible right now. So, which is the, crazy. It, it like is. Ten years later, or however long it's been since it came out. And and the way that it's so dogma, scripture is so dogmatically. Um, made fun of mm-hmm. in the media and in secular society, it, it puts even in the minds of Christians a desire not to be marginalized, to be pushed to the side. I want to be relevant. Mm. But we have to we have to set our relevant desire aside for the sake of the truth of the gospel. And let's start with the first yeah. of the gospel. I say that's Genesis. A lot of people mm-hmm. say, well, hey, but the gospel is Matthew, Mark, <laughs> Luke, and John. Well, that was the good news that was written down about about the coming of Christ, but the gospel is the entire, as we talked about last week, the gospel is the entire book from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. It is the gospel. Uh, Mark Dever said to preachers that if there is a part of Scripture, Old Testament or New Testament, that you cannot see Christ in, Mm. then you don't need to preach that. You're not ready to preach it. Mm. So Christ is in every part. So starting with Genesis 1, what he means by this, just to clarify a yeah. little bit further, is all of Scripture in Old Testament is pointing forward to the cross of Christ, and New Testament, after the the accounts that we read in the in the Gospels of Jesus's life and ministry, when he came, you know, incarnate, second person of the Trinity came uh, as the incarnate, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, after those books, we see in Acts all the way through Revelation, that's pointing backwards in a sense, to looking back at the cross and mm-hmm. what he did on Calvary. And then also we, we're seeing where we're going in the future. But it's all the center, the center of the entire redempt, redemptive history is the cross. And that's what we mean when we say that it's the gospel, is that it's all pointing to Jesus and what he did on the cross. All right. And, and establishing, you've heard some people say, well, well, that was the, Old Covenant, or that was the mm-hmm. Old Testament, that this is the New Testament. So we're now, now Jesus came to fulfill the law, and we do understand that he corrected the heart of the Pharisees mm-hmm. when they had a perverse view of Scripture, the, the Jewish Bible, yeah. the Pentateuch. When they had a perverse view, he would correct their views and say he was the, but he did not say, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so we're saying we saw. Jesus, and we see Jesus in every part of it. Um, so doctrines that we're going through, the doctrine of the Word of God we did last week, and we're hitting on these. We're going to go deeper into them in the Theology Club. The, the next doctrine that we're going to discuss is the doctrine of creation. The doctrine of creation starts from Genesis, or, or the text we use for the doctrine of creation starts from Genesis 1-1 and goes to Genesis 2-3. And most people who are listening to this now have read it. Not you can get out your Bible and read it. I'm not going to read everything from it uh, right now, but we I, I do want to read a little bit of it, and then we can 
discuss and and talk and will and i'll discuss and we have some we want to show um how relevant it is for us to discuss this now because the after this the podcast that we're doing is original sin and we'll discuss deep into original sin but in order to understand original sin we have to understand what came before that original sin mm-hmm. so in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of god hovering over the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for for a minute. Our goal today is to see what the Bible says about creation and adjust our view of science to the Bible. Mm -hmm. In that first day that we just talked about, that kicks us off into, mm-hmm. into creation. Mm-hmm. Now, there are so many things, even in these first, first few verses that I just read on the first day, that we need to discuss right now. Um, we're taught, and, and what, one of the things I do want to establish first is that, like we said last week, we're talking to Christians. This is Christian theology, so there are a few assumptions we're going to make. Let me, let me, dis- let me make a distinction um, about a couple of things first. You've, you may have heard of intelligent design. Intelligent design, and you may have heard of creationism. What's the difference in intelligent design and creationism? Intelligent design is working from an honest point in science, an honest point in science that says, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was making sure it was still rolling. Sorry. No, Go ahead. That's easy to distract me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just easily distracted. Thank goodness I do have medication for that. <laughs> uh, okay, very uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, Start you're over good. if you want. Intelligent design. So, so from intelligent design, you're working from a, a point of honest look at science to bring you to a conclusion that, and I wrote this down, uh, that matter did not come from nothing, but came from something, and that something has a mind, will, and intention. So that's intelligent design. We are going to assume right now mm-hmm. that the people listening to this, maybe not even the people listening to this, but we are, we're aiming the, the talk and even the class to those who've already accepted this, that there is an intelligent designer. That is Origins 101. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture says he is a fool who says there is no God. Mm. And then the next level is, well, who is that God? That, that God could be Allah, it could be Buddha, it could be a Hindu God, it could be Jehovah. It could be, who is that God? Well, we're going to also assume, because this is Christian theology, that that God is Yahweh mm-hmm. and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is who we are assuming. Now, that does not mean that we are presupposing that in our heads. Because we do have plenty of evidence to discuss that with anyone who wants to debate, any atheist or agnostic who wants to debate intelligent design. Um, we would love to have that discussion with you. And, and hopefully, uh, by the grace of God, when you, when you see the truth, God will enlighten you and you, you'll be saved in that. So we want to invite that discussion and there are, too. And there are like, if you're just interested in seeing actual debates about it, I know for me this has helped. Um, you know, there's... Um, 
I can't remember who the Christian side of the debate, but I, I know there's like Christopher Hitchens and yeah. somewhat some other guy. I can't remember who it is. But on, on intelligent design, I would say probably your best bet is William Lane Craig. Yeah, that's, look that's up, him. Look up William Lane that's Craig. Him, yeah. Now, it, 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 that's on sheer intelligent design. William William Lane Craig is is a is an awesome debater he is a he is a philosopher a doc, he has his doctor like 50 doctors he's just a brilliant thinker uh you're gonna need to get your dictionary out or google or something and pause when he says words that you're gonna have to look up so mm-hmm. uh but william lane craig look at it where he debates christopher hitchens um that one's that one's very enlightening um, yeah uh, what's the guy's name sam um the young atheist the storm sam's is no, that no, Sam Storm? I know the name. I don't know who that is. Though. Anyway, <laughs> if he's look watching. up Sam and William Lane Craig. <laughs> Sam, I, I am. My phone's in my pocket, or I'd look it up. So, but but um, yeah, we, I would say look up William William Lane Craig. Watch those debates, and and approach us. Approach me, and Will. You want email us or message us on Facebook? Uh, please do that. I love having that discussion—an honest discussion, not mm-hmm. an emotional discussion. An honest discussion, because I am—I'm willing to put put what I believe, everything that I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to make it vulnerable to argument. Sure, Show yeah, me absolutely. where I'm wrong. Now, at some point, we have to understand as believers when we're arguing those things that there is some confirmation that we have, which is the wisdom of the cross, which is given to those mm-hmm. who are saved. That yeah. that. Lost people do not have, but there is plenty of meat to gnaw on um, that that is understandable by even those who think the cross is foolishness. Yeah, and I think Christians we we do need to be uh, a pre. We could find grace even in our friends that aren't believers when we can say that you know there are some very brilliant people um, out there that of course we don't agree on agree with you know in in these debates we do want to extend grace in the sense um that, that they're uh, that they're intelligent human beings so whenever we're, whenever we are to talking about our side we are not saying that the other side are just a bunch of dumb people that's, that's not right. what we're saying um, right. in fact we want to honor them in just in their intelligence a lot there's mm-hmm. there to be fair there are some some good arguments from the other side that you can you can at least see where they're coming yeah. from. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important it, it, to to show that respect on the Christian side as well. It in and and from a creationist perspective or intelligent design perspective, um, it, it is very interesting to see someone tell me how a cake was made without a cook. I love listening to it. It's very entertaining. I don't mean to condescend, but that's that it, it can be very entertaining, humorous. It, so so. You have to have, you have to have a high IQ to be able to formulate an argument of how a cake was cooked, baked without a cook. Um, what, where are we on time so I can keep up this? Oh, I, when did we start? We're, we've probably been going. 10, 15, oh man, 10, yeah, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. All right, not plenty of time to delay, but we can get started now. Okay, so that's intelligent design. Important to note, intelligent design comes from a scientific perspective first it, it does not come from a scriptural perspective because what it wants to do is want, it wants to play on it does it's being the visitor it's not the home team mm-hmm. it's playing on the field of the opponent so we have to on intelligence design it is necessary for the debate but we we are assuming that now creation even though we just made an argument for intelligent design i guess we didn't assume it i'd planned on just assuming it but we just keep talking about it because so much meat 
Creationism. It's important to know. Intelligent design comes from a scientific scientific perspective. Creationism comes from a biblical perspective. It says, "All right, Scripture is inerrant." That's that's important to know. On create to be a creationist, you have to believe that Scripture is inerrant. Now, understanding and remember from last week, there's only one interpretation of Scripture. Uh-huh. Now, how it is interpreted is argued. But there is only one interpretation. And, and so, so where you see two people debating the, an interpretation from Scripture, it needs to be debated. You cannot agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. You, you can love each other. You can, and that's what mm-hmm. Christians can do. We can love each other. That's where we get denominations from. Mm-hmm. It came from loving each other, but refusing to agree to disagree. Because if we agree to disagree, we say that the Bible can be interpreted can be in multiple ways. Yeah. I'm more comfortable with you if you separate from me in your denomination, yeah. if there is an important doctrine mm-hmm. that I cannot agree with. Yeah. And, the- and, 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 there's we're, Christians are criticized for denominations, yeah. but that should be clear. We are human. Denominations are by default a good thing to separate different views and different growth patterns. Now, some denominations are borderline or if not heretical. Yeah, they are. And, I, and then some denominations and that, and that can be from the liberal side or from the ultra legalistic conservative side. Mm-hmm. And I think both are equal heresy. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. uh, Dr. Albert Moeller, um, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, I think I thought he made a great point when he said that um, I would have. He said I would have loved to have seen Luther preach, but I would not have gone to his church. That's good. Yeah, and uh, I think that was what he was implying was he wouldn't have gone to his church because Dr. Moeller disagrees on some things that that Luther would have would have held to that would have kept him from going to his church which that's right and that's why we have president we're baptists so that's why there's mm-hmm. reasons you know baptism is the main one there's reasons we're not presbyterians is because we disagree on that baptism is because we see uh the scriptures that point to what true baptism right. looks like differently than presbyterians um and we don't and, and we still love everybody just as much i mm-hmm. mean there's no reason not to love them because they're wrong yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a poke. Yeah. <laughs> um they don't mean to be wrong. They don't mean to be wrong. Um but but that gives an idea on denominations. <laughs> don't don't throw anything at us. Okay. No. So so creationism comes from a biblical perspective perspective assuming the inerrancy of scripture. And um let me read what I put down here. Platform for biblical inerrancy, presupposing the existence of an intelligent designer. Subjecting science to scripture. So, so science is subjected to scripture. So it comes under scripture. It, it, scripture is the authority. Science, it can have its place, but it's going to be at the, alt, at, at the foot of the throne of Christ and his word. Um, and determining what exactly happened from Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 2-3. This is Origins, the class, Origins 501. So we intelligent design is 101, Origins is 501. So we're skipping several in between. So we're skipping uh, pagan gods. We're, we're assuming mm-hmm. that it's the Christian god. Um, and we're assuming uh, we're skipping atheists. So, so you would say... Pagans from Scripture, what, what we would say is what the Bible calls fools and pagans. 
we're skipping that and going straight to Christians who believe mm-hmm. Scripture to discuss this. So this is what we're discussing now. Um, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 3. I started it out. Um, and, and, and we're going to just discuss this and go through it, and we're going to d- discuss it more in the, um, in the club, too. The club. So, uh, in the club. Yeah, we're coming from an Origins 501 creationism perspective, so we are assuming the existence of an intelligent designer, and that is the triune God of the Bible and its inerrancy. So we do know that. Now, views of creation or different sects of creationism. Um, you've, you may have looked at them. You have progressive creation. You have day-age theory. You have, and and there, are, there are some... That, that I would call them literal, literal views of Scripture, which means they take the days as days. They take what has, what was, everything that's said as that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. But there may be a different view on what happened before the age in, in simply the first part. And the earth, verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Meaning, or not meaning, but saying, hey, that's a big question mark. Anybody from Piper to Moeller to, I mean, conservative mm-hmm. theologians, uh, feel free to disagree on this because it's speculative. It's a little bit like, and somebody might throw stones at me for this because there are a lot of people that are dogmatic about their eschatology. Me, personally, my eschatology can change in midair. I'll go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. Not, not about the coming of Christ, but exactly the events that happened before. I, I feel like I'm going to know when things mm-hmm. are happening, but you can ask me one week. I'm pre-millennial. Yeah, I go back and forth. <laughs> Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so just like that, I think we're falling into an ambiguous um, way that we can speculate, and and rarely will I say that about scripture. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just, and we're even the very go ahead. In the same breath, we're saying that only one interpretation of that is right, right? <laughs> but we're just wrestling to figure it out, you right? Know? And mm-hmm. and the fact is, we may not know the true interpretation. Yeah. yeah. But we have to acknowledge that there is only one interpretation. Sure. That there was not multiple meanings and things that the Lord meant to be mystery will just be mystery. That's amen, brother. So amen. Um. So the earth was so there are some who believe that since there was a void earth before the beginning mm-hmm. that that could have been where I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out that have been said before. It could, it could be where, uh, say uh, Lucifer was cast to, well, is that it was that where it was it's cast out of heaven. Where did that battle occur? That was talked about in Isaiah and Ezekiel. And where, where did, where did those things happen? So, if you say the earth is old and that's what you mean, if you mean like the earth is millions of years old and it's before the creation account, then I don't have an argument with it. That's speculative to me mm-hmm. because uh, m- me personally, I don't know that. Yeah. So anything that, any arguments before... I don't think there is a way to know for sure that. Yes. Uh, that seems, there's, no, there's not enough meat in that, right. that passage to tell us for sure. Yeah, and any arguments on the age of the earth before verse three, chapter one, verse three, I, I'm fine with. I'm, I'm. Mm-hmm. We, we can say that there's a book written. Um, oh goodness, 
and my mind just went blank, blank and I didn't write it. But it, but it it the whole book was on verse one and two, and I'm not going to read. That's a waste of my time, in my opinion. I shouldn't say that because it could be interesting. <laughs> it could be, and and the guy was a good writer, and he's a, he he's very strong conservative evangelical, but. I'm going to spend my time on trying to uh, combat heresy with scripture. And, and yeah. like I said, the first two verses, as far as age of the earth goes, um, I'm, you're free to believe what you want to believe. And I'm not going to try to uh, combat that, yeah. but verse three, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And we just read that going through verse five and it said, there was morning, uh, there was evening and there was morning. The first day. So what we have after this, this starts out what you start to believe. What do you start to believe about scripture? And what is what is it saying? Mm-hmm. And there's so many, and, and even conservative evangelicals, I was telling, and I'm not even gonna bring it up because of the because of what two people looked at me yesterday. One of them was Will, when I brought up one writer who um I said was a, a theistic evolutionist, and we're going to get to that in a second. Um, the their countenance just sunk because a certain book that I read too mm-hmm. changed our way of thinking. And and I told him, look, all truth is God's truth, and and godly people can believe wrong things. Now, mm-hmm. um, but it but it's just hard once you know that this seems so. It seems to defeat so many things, and and you're leaving something there that can defeat the things that you've you've taught for so long. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes you wonder at least how they arrived to be so solid in the other areas, mm-hmm. um, when the foundation seems to be, from my view, wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that floored me yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, and it really and, did. And yeah. what what we move into when we get away from the literal theories that once after after the second verse we start that, then we get into there are many types and many beliefs within this, but it's it's theistic evolution, whether it's progressive creationism, what whatever type, whatever flavor of theistic evolution. Theistic evolution means. Do you want to define that for us? It's just the. No, okay. no, I don't. Why don't you do <laughs> Sorry, it? Sorry, I got you off guard. <laughs> Theistic evolution is a belief in evolution. Okay, first, we need to talk about evolution. Yeah. What does evolution mean? Evolution Sum is up the evolution belief. for us. Real yes. Quick. <laughs> evolution is the, and I'm saying theory because it is a theory. Evolution theory is that the earth was, matter was formed spontaneously and and out of single cell organisms, everything, all life was made, whether it plant life, animal life, that was made over millions and millions of years of evolving through, through mutations that were positive mutations, kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was an awesome positive mutation for mm-hmm. them. So going from mutation to mutation, we began to... and. and it's Darwinian evolution is what it, what it comes yeah. from and and from origins of species the book written by Darwin who um who kicked it off and what kicked it off was his observation of of finches in the Galapagos Islands that they had different beaks and different ways and different things but they were all finches and um 
it was noticed that there were variations and change within that kind of bird that would adapt to its surroundings for survival. And mm-hmm. that's where we get survival of the fittest from. But the purpose, but when evolution came about, the reason it was even thought of, and the reason is because people's, and I, there I did, I did not finish my sentence. The reason it was even brought to light was because people wanted to say, how could what we see, even Christians, how could what we see around us come into existence without God so that we can see how it was formed? So let's divorce a God, God from the equation because when evolution started, there wasn't, God wasn't offensive. God, God actually, he wasn't taboo like he is now, mm-hmm. especially in evolution in science. God is taboo. Um, Jay, uh, what was his name? Uh, Gould, the Jake. I can't think of his name. Anyway, <laughs> scientist Jay Gould. Anyway, okay. familiar, there, there, yeah. Anyway, I think I'm missing a word or a second name or something in there. Um, made made the statement that they they don't science and he's a scientist an evolutionist that says science and religion don't conflict. They they operate on two different planes. So. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. The contradiction's okay. So what they're saying is, you special people in religion, you specials, you go over here to the playground and play while we adults have a conversation. That's mm-hmm. what they say, and that was it. But how it started was serious religious people yeah. making a very bad decision to say, how could this really have happened? And their imaginations infected their theology. Yeah, so they, they're, basically, they're basically, then they go to science and then try to just attribute what they think about science to God. That's right. At that point. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to say, so we're going to put God over here in the corner and we'll give him credit. We'll give him props on stuff, mm-hmm. but we're going to figure out exactly how this happened yeah. because it had to happen through natural ways and natural means. Even though if you believe scripture, you know, God bends the natural to his will. How many miracles do we see through scripture? Love so it. you, yeah. so if you're going to, if you're going to define and embrace evolution, whether, whether it be from as a believer, mm-hmm. well, that's all that matters is if you're a believer, if you're, if you're a non-believer, embrace it all you want to, because that's all you have. Um, but please talk to us. Uh, but if you're a believer, if you're going to embrace evolution, you, you cannot believe that God's, the, the word of God is authoritative mm-hmm. over all things. At least you, you can't hold... I don't see that how you can hold to uh, to every point that theistic evolution mm-hmm. holds to, okay. and and also believe in the authority of scripture. I, I don't believe it lines. Right now, we're just postulating. Let's get yeah. to why we believe that. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. I need to check to see if everything looks good on this computer. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. While he's doing that, watch this video. Um. This yeah. is this is this video is on theistic evolution, and we'll come back and we'll 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 talk more about that. Okay. Theistic evolution is a viewpoint that God created matter, and after that, God didn't guide or intervene or act directly to cause any empirically detectable change in the natural behavior of matter until all living things had evolved by purely natural processes. It is the idea that God somehow set up the process at the beginning and then just let it run. That's sort of like deism. Or he was involved in the process of evolution as long as there can be no way to tell that he was involved. 
there's several things at stake in the debate about theistic evolution. There's a key scientific issue at stake. There's a philosophical issue at stake, and there are theological issues at stake. Scientifically, the really odd thing about this debate is that at just the point when leading evolutionary biologists and evolutionary theorists are acknowledging that the main standard orthodox textbook theory of evolution known as neo-Darwinism is in serious trouble, we have Christians who are in the sciences, theologians, pastors saying, we need to embrace Darwinian evolution lest we lose credibility in the secular world. The whole claim of theistic evolution is that Christians need to get on the evolutionary bandwagon because the science is overwhelming. But the fact of the matter is, if you actually look at what's happening in the sciences, it's completely the other direction. There is an overwhelming amount of evidence now that standard neo-Darwinian evolution, the idea that random mutations and natural selection can explain everything, including us, it doesn't work. We know what evolution can do in the lab. We have experiments with bacteria, and it's not much. The mechanisms that the theistic evolutionists propose are themselves demonstrably not creative. Natural selection explains the survival but not the arrival of the fittest. Does a good job of explaining things like beaks getting a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, adaptation to environmental change, but it doesn't do a good job of explaining where you get birds in the first place. I also like to think of it as a circular argument because to get the first cell, you need DNA, and you also need RNA, and you need protein. You need DNA to make RNA to make protein, but you also need protein to make DNA. Coming up with that out of a process of random mutation and natural selection is just not possible. There are certain philosophical assumptions that underlie the belief in theistic evolution. The first one is that science is by far a more authoritative source of knowledge of reality than is theology or any other field. Those who have adopted this, the strong form of theistic evolution that we're critiquing have pretty much embraced and even defended methodological naturalism. Methodological naturalism is a convention that says we must formulate theories about the world as if it were true that nature acting on its own can produce everything that we see. C.S. Lewis, near the end of his life, wrote a book about how a lot of developments in science actually follow not just the evidence, it follows our presuppositions and the things that we bring to nature. And he has this wonderful passage where he talks about that nature answers the questions that we ask her. And so if our preconceptions say, think that all that exists is just matter in motion, we're only looking for material explanations and we're excluding mind from the get-go. So we're gonna get true but partial answers. You know, nature will give us those answers because that's the only thing we're looking for. His point is that if we have different preconceptions, if we're open to other ideas, we might get different answers from nature. If we are really looking for truth, then it's not persuasive to rule out some kinds of causes before you consider the evidence. The primary obligation of the scientists is to be truth-seeking. We want to have an open philosophy of science. The theistic evolutionists are content to limit the potential hypotheses under consideration to materialistic ones, and that's a big issue between us. The thing that's at stake in theistic evolution, the debate about it, is our understanding of scripture. And it's sad to say, but theistic evolution actually undermines Christians' confidence in the authority of Scripture. The doctrine of creation and the general way that creation took place is at the very foundation of Christianity, that God created all life and that there was at least a certain discernible way he did it. Theistic evolution puts all that up for grabs. 
And as a result, it takes the core of theology and severs it from history. And so theology becomes placed in what Francis Schaeffer used to call the upper story, in an area where theology isn't really about facts. It certainly isn't about things we can test or know. It's more about beliefs and feelings. But science does the hard work. It's really about evidence and fact. If we keep revising the Bible when science tells us we have to, then at some point we're going to end up believing that the Bible may not really be a factual book in the first place. The question is whether Christians will reject God's authority in whole areas of human knowledge, talking about where we came from and how we got here. Do we take the latest scientific ideas or the textbook orthodoxy of the scientific community to be our ultimate authority? And if so, then we have to make everything conform to that including our reading not only of Genesis, but the entire reading of Scripture. Whereas if we take Scripture to occupy a position of higher authority than the opinion of the scientific community, then we view things differently. It's not that we're rejecting science. It's that we recognize that science is not the ultimate authority. One of the things that just disturbs me personally, having been immersed in this issue and the debate about biological origins for now over 30 years, is that there is a kind of uncritical acceptance of scientific authority that has affected the way the church understands its own doctrines. There's an unnecessary uh, deference to scientific authority, in part because there is no consensus view right now, uh, except that neo-Darwinism is failing. Last November in London at the Royal Society, the largest, oldest, most august, authoritative scientific group in the world, there was a conference that was assessing the status of neo-Darwinian theory that was called by many evolutionary biologists who have become disenchanted with the theory. And we have leading people in evolutionary biology today saying that the modern form of Darwinian theory has now failed to account for the most important thing that any evolutionary theory must account for, which is where does the new form, the new biological structure come from? The answer essentially is we don't know. So it seems to me a very odd time for Christians who are concerned about the science faith dialogue to be saying, well, we need to embrace the modern form of Darwinian theory, otherwise we're going to be out of date. It's just the opposite, in fact. What a well put together and so informative. Dangers, and, and, and it's an expose on evolution, and theistic. I'd say more than anything, because it's believers addressing other believers. Because if you are a theistic evolutionist, it is, a, it is assumed that that theistic evolutionist, I'm not saying there can't be a Muslim theistic evolutionist or a uh, Jewish theistic evolutionist, because that, that those two things can fall into that. But when we're saying theistic evolution, we're talking about Christendom, uh, that believers, professing believers. Mm-hmm. And... And I'll tell you right now, there are some, there are some of the greatest Jesus lovers who put me to shame, who have embraced this out of some some moment of weakness, or some refusing some 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 unaddressed presupposition that Scripture is not authoritative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to them, um, a couple of things to address in there: deism. Uh, one of the gentlemen said that 
if we take matter, and if you said God created matter and just left it to itself, it's really more like a form of deism. Deism is a belief, and and you may have heard that a lot of our founding fathers were deists. I don't know why that argument came up or why that argument mattered from a political perspective other than to try to make it make you believe that they're not in heaven or whatever. Um, but deists are those who believe there is an intelligent designer, but he sent the world spinning and he has left since then. So basically it attributes, it attributes everything around to, to an intelligent designer and a greater power, but that, that greater power does not have an intimate relationship yeah. with us. Um, and that is, uh, it, at least from the point of matter or matter, they all, all these scientists always make sure that it's matter. The, a T. Mm-hmm. They hit, say the T, really, even the, even the country ones. I guess because they don't want you to think you're, they're matter or sadder or gladder. <laughs> but, um, but matter, um, if you believe that matter, God created matter and just let it end up where it ended up, or even if it was guided, um, what right do we have to not believe what it says in Scripture with, I mean, especially, here's what kills me, especially since there really is no real contradictions that, can, that, that are concrete, that can be established, that not even close. As a matter of fact, if you have an honest mind, and, and one of them said, and I think... Uh, Stephen Meyer, it was said, one of the most disturbing things is that there is an uncritical acceptance mm-hmm. of evolution by the scientific community. And that includes Christians, some, mm-hmm. some Christians, some denominations, some specific Christians. Yeah. That it's an, meaning an uncritical acceptance, meaning I'm yeah. going to believe it. Yeah, I just, don't need to know why. That's called indoctrinations, friend. Mm-hmm. Indoctrination, friend. That's, uh, yeah. that's Well, people approach theology... The, in general, um, sometimes uncritically, uh, which can be, you know, just because your favorite author or sorry, if you see me f- like swatting over here, there's a fly that is, I'm not swatting. is really like love. I'll let him go here. in and out of my mouth. I'm not swatting. <laughs> I've been, I don't know why it, it keeps bothering me, but, um, what was I saying? Sorry. Uh, the fly? You said, you said uncritical. <laughs> oh, the, theology. Yeah. Theology. So a lot of times, um, we just take a position on something because the author that you really like that writes a certain book, that's what he holds to. Yeah, and, I, and sometimes like, I mean, I've been guilty of that. Uh, me too. I was going to say yeah, the same yeah. thing. Um, and that's, that's yeah. why Paul uh, commended the Bereans because they didn't take Paul's word for it. The person I say, and most, most people say <laughs> was the greatest Christian to walk the face of the earth. They said, uh, let me check. So yeah, is if you're let me check is scripture, please check me all day. Yeah, and that's with anything, especially science. Who has an evolution and science in general now has divorced itself from God. Have you ever? Have you ever? Uh, this is just sort of off subject, but have you ever found yourself disagreeing with someone that you like really respect in in like the theological community, and you you kind of have a moment where you're like. Oh man, I'm questioning everything. I I, I disagree with this this dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's healthy. Like even if even if um, even if you end up being wrong, even if you end up being wrong, I think it's it's approaching theology, um, genuinely, which I think a lot. Of, I think as a church, our our church here, we would benefit from from getting into that habit of th- thinking about scripture as a whole, you know, critically. Um, 
Just with the, and what I mean is to think deeper about it. That's essentially what I'm saying. So when I when I taught this, um, taught Genesis and and creation in a small group four or five years ago, it, I'm, what I'm what we're talking about and teaching today, it took me about four months of teaching. So uh, we're we're trying to cram this in and yeah. everything but there's plenty more and, we, and if we have to come back on another podcast to discuss these things hey this is all in podcast yeah, we're not leaving, number two <laughs> we don't leave doctrines behind we carry them with us as sure. we hit on all of these doctrines we're carrying carrying them with us to, to the next one that's why it's it's systematic it 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 yeah. goes in line. Once I pick them up, I'm picking up those Easter eggs from every point. Checkpoint mm-hmm. one, checkpoint two, checkpoint three. By the end of it, I have a full bag of doctrinal Easter eggs by the end yeah. of it. So so if we have to address more things, please also on Facebook, send us questions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or talk, Please also come to Theology Club. Don't I know COVID-19, and I understand if if uh, you don't want to get out, but I'm, st- I'm still going to do a, uh, either a zoom or a Facebook live. If there's nobody there, I'm just doing a face- Facebook live. But if you want to do it on zoom, if you want to be in it on zoom, please let me know through Facebook or if you have my number or you can comment me. on the, uh, on the podcast itself. Like if you're listening on Apple, you can comment there. Yes. Comment questions, things like that. So, um, adaptation, uh, he mentioned adaptation, which is microevolution. So, all yes, evolution exists. It's it's called adaptation, microevolution, which means changes over time within a kind. Now, mm-hmm. scientific community no longer um, recognizes kind because of the connotation of creationism and how taboo that is. Sa- Satan is in the ear. I think of screw tape letters. Whatever demon is 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 in the ear of the scientists, Satan is so proud of them because they are whispering kindly as maybe Satan himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's not omniscient. He can't be everywhere. FYI. We'll get to that later yeah, yeah. in theology. <laughs> um, but yeah. what... He's having his way with the scientific community and they marginalize... The, their main goal is to marginalize Christianity, biblical Christianity and creationism. But uh, nobody is denying, well, I'm not going to say nobody, none of us, and nobody with half a brain is denying that changes happen within a kind. If you go to the beach for, for a week, if you, I see you at church, and then you come back and you, you look like you're, you, you're like mm-hmm. Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an adaptation. Yeah. Those things are, um, there are mutations. Nobody's denying mutations. But what we do deny is any positive mutations, mutations for the good that have resulted in a positive. He's getting on me now. The fly's fly, getting on I'm me. telling you, the fly is after us. Satan, I, get I, behind me, Satan fly. And, and this thing, I don't even know where it came from. Okay. But Sorry. anyway, adaptations are not, they're undeniable that things change within a kind, meaning you can interbreed and change over time. If I mean, like even, even there's, there's a uh, people group that, in the woods of, I think, South America that carried canoes or carried things on their backs or their upper shoulders for so long that even children are now being born 
with lumps oh. right there, which they say, see, evolution's true. I say, see, you're absolutely right because those are human beings and it's happened within me. Now, when you show me a monkey that has turned into one of those human beings, then there's the missing link. And that's a good point. It's still called the missing link. Why? Because it's missing. <laughs> so if it's missing, how about let's not make that concrete, try to make it concrete science. How about let's open our idea. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm speaking to not believers now. Well, I am if you adopt theistic evolution, because what you've done is you've bowed the knee to science instead of scripture. You've taken scripture as if scripture was personified in a person beside me, you've said, come on scripture, let's bow the knee to this secular science that from the beginning divorced God from the equation in order to see how things can happen with naturalism. There was a joke one time that I heard and then I used and used when I was teaching it was, it was a scientist who said, see God, he approached God, see God, now I've learned how to make man just like you. And this, God said, okay, well, let's see you do it. And the science reached, scientist reached down and grabbed some dirt, and God said, no, wait a minute, use your own dirt. Now, that's funny, and it sounds spiritual, but I have adjusted my view of that joke. Now, because here's the here's how it that would go down. The scientist would reach up, look at God and die. (laughs) That's how that joke goes, because there is no God does not negotiate. God does not see those things. God is God. Mm -hmm. There is no there is no. Yes, you're using my dirt to do the things that I've done. So you've gained knowledge of me, but you still have to use. No. We have de-evolved, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons we have to hit on this. Mm-hmm. And we'll hit that with original sin, too, yeah. that there is not a getting better. One of the things that, that media and cinematic uh, ideas and novels and things, science fiction, that's the word I'm looking for. Science fiction goes to now to some, something called transcendence, the idea that one day we will be able to download, if not us, some of our progeny, some of our, some of the ones who will call us ancestors will one day be able to download their consciousness into, into, uh, a file. technological forms. <laughs> yeah. Files so file. that you can exist for your consciousness can exist forever. Yeah. There are movies out there. Mm. There are tons of movies. There's one movie called transcendence. You watch that one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's movies like I, I can name a few of them where, they were able to download themselves into something so their consciousness could exist because within the consciousness, the person, and, and we can figure this out, and that's how we can cling to life. And that's the ultimate goal mm. for someone who does not know Jesus is to cling to life because mm. what else is there? Yeah. Regardless, I mean, they, they reject the idea of hell, but there's still a fear in them to know that they will no longer exist. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, I... That's a hopeless um, worldview to hold to, and I don't think anyone in this world has ever held fully to that worldview. No. Um, I no. Don't, I don't believe it's possible. And um, the, the old term, there are no atheists in foxholes, is, yeah. is true. It's true. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they become followers of Jesus mm-hmm. in foxholes, but they're clinging to something higher. Yeah. They're, they're begging for those yeah. things to be I'm, true. So. I'm reminded of scripture and where it is escapes me at the moment but um god has written the law his law on our hearts which means that there is a god-sized hole in our heart that Mm -hmm. is that is bearing witness 
the fact that we are creatures Absolutely. that have been created. Image bearers of God. Fellow image bearers of God. I, I like Jeff Durbin. If you want to look up Jeff Durbin, Apologia Ministries, he's he's great too. Uh, he's actually, a, he has five degrees, five black belts in five different martial arts. He's pretty awesome dude too. So, But he is a great, I, I call him a good theologian, and he's one that you want to listen to a debates too, too. But he refers to human beings as image, image bearers of God. I'm talking about in conversation. Yeah. Um, here comes another image bearer of God, lost people, because they are image bearers of God. There is a residue yeah, of, sure. there's a residue of perfection, yeah. which was God, a That's residue. Why- and when I say residue, it's corrupted. What yeah. was perfected was now corrupted. And over time, we have de-evolved. <laughs> I say de-evolved morally. Yeah. I think uh, physically can vary. Uh, but I, st- we know that all of creation groans for the coming of Christ. We we know that is waits in anticipation that God will come back and set His rule yeah. on this earth. Yeah, and that also the pastor in me. This is I'm just gonna say this quick quickly because this can turn into a deep rabbit trail real quick. But this is the reason we abhor murder and uh, I'm just gonna say it, abortion is because. These are image bearers, and to to kill someone, or yeah, or to commit homicide towards an unborn baby is to assault God Himself, mm-hmm. um, and that's why Christians do hold to to that position is because we believe that every every human being, believer or not, is still made in the image of God, and uh, and and yeah. and the, I refer to if you read Screw Tape Letters, um. The Screwtape Letters is about uh, Uncle. It's a written by C.S. Lewis. Uncle Screwtape, who is a demon, is writing letters to his nephew Wormwood, mm-hmm. and he tells Wormwood how he can best manipulate his human, his image bearer of God, um, his son of Adam. I think is how they refer to him in, in there. Um, how he can uh, ref- how he can best manipulate him, and I'll tell you right now. It's being whispered in the ear of everyone that now that just like it was Eve, and we're going to get into that in the next podcast, that did God really say, mm-hmm. don't eat of the fruit? Did God really say those things? Just place a little bit of doubt, and it reaps a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things on, on, on these, what it was talking about in the video, um, it severs theology from history evolution severs theology from history meaning it it takes instead of incorporating god into history because of the creation it sets it aside like jay gould said mm. he said says let them have this and we'll have this and we'll just agree to disagree i'll stay over there in your things. camp we'll say it on so, but but like we said science ultimately Ultimately, science, by definition, science already does because science is a search for truth. So science is all about, God's all about real science. Um, but pseudoscience or secular science, um, pagan science, you can even call it, uh, that divorces itself from God because that's what paganism is. It, it takes itself a heathen, um, is, um, is really... It hurts me worse when I see believers scared and then believers making fun of other believers and condescending on other believers for holding to a literal view of Scripture. Yeah. 
that that yeah. the earth was created in six days by a God who, like I said, the first two, we, we can say the first two verses, we can argue where the earth was, what happened on the earth. That's really speculative. I don't care so much about that. But knowing that these days were literal days and understanding, if you, understand, if you study the Hebrew, go ahead and research it. Um, you're going to see both sides of the argument. I would say go to Answers in Genesis. If you want to trust uh, trust something, that's the first thing off the top of my head is Answers in Genesis. I could specifically name some people, but if you go to Answers in Genesis, they have the Creation Museum. They're the ones that do the Creation Museum, and they're the ones that do the Ark. You've probably heard of the Ark. They've got a commercial uh, where it's a replica of Noah's Ark and different levels that you go on to learn about mm. the things of the Ark and creation and things that. Um, there's so much more to talk about with this. Yeah. Um, what, and what you got? Yeah, I was going to say just real quick. Um, one scripture that kind of comes to mind when it for me when I'm th- when I'm thinking in terms of arguing for a literal um, six day timeline literal 24 hour days six six 24 hour days I, I look at genesis 2 uh four where it says um everything else has been systematic and also you read the rest of genesis and the rest of the pentateuch and everything seems to be the timeline is literal you know 24 hour days the rest yeah. of the pentateuch that's the timeline of it and then yeah. you see it genesis 2 4 where it says I'm assuming this is going to be Moses. This is what I hold to. But um, he writes, this is the account. You know, this is after we've, we've read the actual account of creation. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made, uh, made earth and heaven. And so this, you know, Scripture itself is attesting to its yes. own validity. And also... That, that statement is so powerful, yeah. Will. Because, yeah, like we said, these are the generations of heavens and earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. That is, that is literal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and here's the thing. I'm tired of being on my heels with this. Mm-hmm. Like, you brought up <laughs> something on, yesterday. Kelly. You brought up something yesterday <laughs> about yeah. whose job is it to prove? Yeah. Who, whose job is it to prove that if you, in a court of law, um, the burden of proof is always on the prosecution or the one who is accused, making the, charge. The, yeah, yeah. Making the accusation. Well, why are we taking the burden of proof? Why are we getting defensive? Why are we um, d- responding to ad hominem arguments or arguments that are personal toward us or personal toward? Why are we the ones that are insecure in this? Because they've, because they're telling us that the word of God is foolishness? Time out. We know that. Not that it's foolishness. We know that they believe it's foolishness, and they're under a curse. Mm-hmm. They have not been granted the full understanding of Scripture. It says it in Scripture. And from an archaeologically, archaeological standpoint and historical standpoint, the burden is on science Absolutely. To, to disprove what Scripture says. Yeah. And give me one instance. You can't. Yeah, where it's been, where you, where when they can just Satan's it. greatest, yeah. Satan's greatest battle he won in this arena was the battle of burden of proof, mm-hmm. the battle that got Christians scrambling mm-hmm. to try to 
not be marginalized. And that's one of our biggest fears in life. And I have to say, I'm not going to make fun of that because it's a fear. In my, I don't like to be marginalized. I don't like to be put to the side and say, well, he's, he's an eccentric. Don't listen to what he says. He's crazy. But guess what? An audience of one. Yeah. That's what I have. An yeah. audience of one. I will not, just like Luther said, to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. My conscience is captive to the word of God. So make them, make them prove it. Yeah. Because they're not going to prove it. It can't be, it can't be proven. Yeah. Well, that's the, just to bring it around to theistic evolution, it hasn't been proved. It hasn't been proved Mm -hmm. because there was nobody in, the beginning of time to start making a record of this so-called theory that they can't prove now because well, so they don't have any tangible evidence of the, um, forgot the word for it. Evolution. Theistic, theistic evolution. Theistic evolution. I don't know why I forgot the, the word for it. And so I'm here for you. And, and see Christians, we, you know, biblical Christians, as if there's any other kind, um, our authority, we rest on the authority and knowing that Scripture itself is God's revealed word to us, and so we, the the Christian, has a peace and a trust that God has revealed truly uh, what happened. And not only that, we 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 can back up further than that and go that God not not only speaks the truth but is truth. He is truth. Yes, he, he is truth. So the catechisms I'm going through with Landon right now is. What does it mean that God is true? Mm-hmm. That means that everything he says, or what does it mean God is truth? Everything he says is true, and he is the definition of truth. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so Christians, we have a confidence in that, whereas the other side of the argument has no confidence. No. They, they, don't have, they don't have a stake to drive into the ground with. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. they, they don't have anywhere where they can rest assured their argument. They, yeah. they don't have that. Um, yeah. And so the burden of proof is on them, and they haven't been able to prove it yet. And if, if your concern years, is for 10, God, if your concern is for God, um, don't worry about God. God. God's fine. God will be fine, okay? <laughs> God is sovereign. God is God, from all things. Don't be concerned about God so you feel like you have to defend God by and, and defend Scripture in ways. Now, you do not defend Scripture. You don't, you give an answer when you are, Paul does not tell Timothy to defend scripture. Mm -hmm. He says, be ready in season and out to give an answer for the faith that you have. He also says, question the faith that Mm -hmm. you have in, in second, no, first Corinthians 16 says, question yourself, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. How do you test yourself from scripture? We test ourselves from scripture. We read in there. Let me start with first John. One, read yeah. it. First John one, it will tell you what a believer is. And please, if you are listening to this, b- before we get up arguments, before we, before you, you come to us and want to discuss intelligent design, which I'd love to go to, to lunch, I'll pay for it <laughs> and uh, discuss those he things. He said it. He'll pay for it. Yeah, it's on the record. Read, <laughs> read First John one mm-hmm. to know what it is to be a believer. And where that falls in, so maybe we can we can end it on this. Um, the New Testament speaks to creation as well. Um, and my favorite example, mm-hmm. and I think this is the best example in the New Testament, is the Gospel of John, 
chapter one, and we know that this is speaking of the second person of the Trinity, um, the Son of God uh, in the face of Jesus Christ. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So before even creation happened, he was, uh, he was in the beginning with God, as verse 2 says. And then it says, All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. That debunks the uh, evolution right there. Um, <laughs> in, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's beautiful. I mean, that's already, that's already pointing to the light which would come into the world to save sinners. Yeah. Um, and this is, the, this is the whole point of doing theology, is to point people to this. And yeah. how do we know that that's Jesus? Verse 14. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Right. Beautiful. So the word, Beautiful. the Word was with God, the Word was God. So we know, and that, that's that's, and we'll get to that later, in, yeah. on on discussing the Trinity, not Love not it. explaining the Trinity, <laughs> discussing the Trinity, <laughs> discussing what the yeah. Bible says about that. But anyway, that's for another day and another doctrine. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's it's been great. We've enjoyed discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go to show notes for that video that we have on there and share that video too. Uh, I think it'll be a great tool to have. Um, Love you guys. Let me pray for us. Or you go ahead. One last thing. Uh, be sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever yes. you're listening, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating, not because we, we want to look great, but it's just simply it helps people see us a little bit quicker once they uh, yeah. search for Parker Theology Club. So be sure to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your sovereignty and your doctrines and your, your control over all things, nothing gets outside of you, Father. We do not have to defend you. You're our defender, God. You, you, you let us, those whom you've called and you've, you've foreknew and you've called to be children of God, you are our defender. You fight our battles. You, you arrive with the head of our enemy and call it our victory. Father, I pray that in this, what we've discussed, that anything that we've said that is not of you, anything that we've said that is not of Scripture, because I'm sure there is, we are human, that you would let that fall by the wayside, God, and allow, allow, um, allow your word to, we know that it won't return void, but allow nothing that we've said, Father, to be outside your word so that it can, um, it can bear fruit. Father, grant us faithfulness and uh, diligence, Father, in studying your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you guys next time. If you're interested in joining us here at Parker, D.C., we would love to have you at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning for worship celebration, 9.45 a.m. for our small groups, and on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. for our Wednesday night live activities, which include children's ministry, youth ministry, and our adult Bible study. We'd love to see you sometime soon. For more information about D.C., check us out at www.dclivelove.com.